This is the Men of Strength Podcast. The Men of Strength Podcast is presented by Elite FTS, helping the strong become stronger since 1998. Visit them online at EliteFTS.com. Now, here's your host, Don Day. All right, guys, how you doing? This is Don Day, Men of Strength Sports Performance Podcast. Here with me today is Coach Jeff Ward, a dear friend of mine and a true blue Georgia Southern man. You know, I could go on and on about Coach Ward and, you know, everything that he's done for me, done for this university and, you know, just helped me out in life with. But I'm going to let him talk about himself and uh, tell you for himself. So, Coach Ward, how you doing today? Doing good, Don. Uh, sounds like you got a new career in, uh, in radio uh, with this podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. Don, Don Day, yeah. the man and the myth and the legend right there. <laughs> I might be a, a radio talk show uh, guy pretty soon. Maybe the next, like, Brian Gumble or something. Yeah, like Brian Gumble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Coach Ward, you know, for those out there that don't know about you, can you tell us kind of like you have a very unique journey and a unique take on life and everything? You know, I just want you to tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey, and why you wanted to become a strength and conditioning coach. Yeah, I got into uh, strength and conditioning uh, in 2015. It was about two weeks after we went to the bowl, bowl game at Georgia Southern, uh, first bowl game. And two weeks later, I was in uh, New Orleans. I followed Kyle Spear, uh, head strength and conditioning coach at at, uh, at Tulane University. Followed him out there, and and I found myself scrubbing scrubbing floors and and cleaning racks. About two weeks after uh, playing in a bowl game, um, I went out there with the impression that you know uh, I, I I had a lot of things figured out, and uh, went out there. I was gonna I'm gonna be this kind of strength coach. I'm gonna follow my model, which was which was Kyle Spear. I'm gonna wear this logo. I'm gonna do all these things, and got out there and, and really got humbled. Uh, pretty quick um, so I went out to New Orleans I uh, got out there for about six months it was, it was a pretty tough time you know good learning experience but uh, really just um, wasn't wasn't enjoying uh, my time out there when I first when I first got there and uh, my livelihood uh, just wasn't wasn't great and uh, my, my experience was great but my, my livelihood wasn't great so I decided to come on back to Georgia Southern uh, where I worked as a, a grad assistant and uh, taught undergrad classes and also took on three uh, Olympic sport teams and uh, here's where I I really got to see the Olympic side of things and and uh, being a young coach really needed to develop as a coach and um and was able to go through that process as as a, as a grad assistant and back at Georgia Southern. Uh, then uh, decided that uh, I was actually going to uh, go into sports ministry, and so I left being a graduate assistant. Um, at the end of my graduate assistantship, I left uh, strength and conditioning and, and went into sports ministry, where I really thought that I could develop good relationships or deeper relationships with athletes through ministry because I would have more availability, more capacity, more time. Um, but got into that and really you know, develop some great tools, uh, in ministry that uh, I wouldn't be able to have now if I wouldn't have done that. And, uh, and, and really realize what would be my purpose of, of being a strength and conditioning. And it's not for the logo. It's not for the, uh, uh, the status or the authority or, or the position or anything like that. It's, it's about building people and, uh, building not only the athlete, but the staff that you work with. So, I uh, really I decided to, decided to, to leave ministry and come back into strength and conditioning where I interned, uh, with football at, at Georgia Southern. Um, thankful for Coach Greenhall giving me an opportunity to get back in, uh, work with him, and uh, he decided to put me on part time, and worked part time with football, and and really just got an awesome opportunity back on the Olympic side, um, where now I oversee uh, the, the 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 Olympic uh, strength and conditioning side at George Southern. So 
here we are. Here we are. Now, Coach Ward, you, you've been through a lot of different, I don't want to say transitions, but I guess different phases. You know, if we're talking from a, a strength point, it's like different blocks, you know, in your, in your program. How have you kind of, you know, dealt with being in those transitions and those blocks? And uh, what, what have you learned from kind of each step, from intern to GA, from GA to ministry, from ministry back into strength and conditioning, and now where you are in your current position? Yeah, I've had a fortunate uh, opportunity. I, I haven't been to too many places, but uh, there's been a lot of uh, turnover uh, the places that I have been. And I've been able to see new cultures come in and, and new uh, new coaches come in with different philosophies. And, and uh, it's been a really unique opportunity for me, uh, both on the football side and the Olympic side, where uh, I've really been able to see a lot of a lot of good things that guys have done and, 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 and some things that, you know, uh, maybe weren't the best things. And so it's been a really great opportunity for me to grow as a coach. Um, you know, at each step, uh, I've learned different things, right? And uh, and I, I believe that you know, when I was, uh, I'm still, I'm very young, and still got a lot to learn in this, in this, in this whole deal. But uh, you know, in my intern years and my my grad assistant years, I, I think the biggest thing I learned is is to be adaptable and uh, be consistent in your core core values of who you are. And um, you know, if your identity is in anything. Um, uh, in, in, in circumstances, then you're going to be you're going to have a roller coaster of a of a career. And uh, so, when things are good, you're good. Whenever things are bad, then then you're down. And so, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing that I really have learned is is it really you should not change, and uh, your core values should be consistent uh, no matter where you're at. And so, if the circumstances change, well, there should be nothing different in a director role versus a intern role. It's just the the responsibilities are different. And so. Um, I think if you, the biggest thing I've learned is I got to stay consistent and stay true to my my core values and who I am and uh, my and how I identify myself um, as as a, as a coach and uh, through those circumstances then you know I've, I'm not going to have uh, a bunch of ups and ups and downs. So. Mm-hmm. I really like that, and you you know you really helped me out kind of learning that lesson through you know our conversations we had when we both worked together in football there in our little uh, office with our, our great mood lighting and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, but you, you, you have seen me at some extreme highs and then some extreme lows. You've seen me kind of bounce, I guess, all over the place. And you really came in there and, and just talking to you and your guidance has really helped me learn the, the whole consistency, no matter what your circumstances are, you stay consistent, whether you're, the head guy, the assistant, the the uh, transitioning or trying to figure out what it is to be an assistant. Again, you stay consistent. I really appreciate you for that. And uh, kind of I, what I really admire about you is your, your leadership model. And I think and I know the answer to this, but I think you have a leadership model and a leadership style that is unique or unseen in this industry, you know, an industry yeah. full of whatever it's full of. But will you uh, – Will you kind of talk about where that uh, comes from and then how you've used it while building up a department? Yeah, one of the things, uh, you know, unfortunately, I've got a great model that I can imitate, and that's my, my, my dad. My dad's a, uh, a small business owner that I've seen, uh, you know, the, his ups and downs through my life growing up and and, uh, and the things that he's dealt with and and, th- and how he adapted. And so I've, I've got a great model to imitate. And I think uh, the important thing is that we got to understand that, man, we're in, a, we're in a position of influence and we can influence people one way or the other. It can be good influence, it can be bad influence. And, uh, and, and if uh, one of the models and, and that I've kind of adapted is if you put the 
other people around you in the best position to be successful, then your department is going to be successful. Um, and then that takes selflessness, not selfishness, and that takes humility. And uh, and so and, and giving your your staff and giving your athletes something to imitate and something to, to model into their life so that they can go innovate uh, for whatever they think they can um, accomplish or whatever their goal is. And so I think one of the models that we see uh, a trend of and this is in business, this is in strength and conditioning, this is in most uh, American you know uh, businesses or culture um, is this this model that if you have a position or authority that. Uh, you're everybody around you should should be like you and so th- what happens is is that uh, people uh, in those positions and, and I fall into this sometimes too so I got to make sure that I hold accountable I'll stay accountable to this as well but because I have a title or anything like that doesn't mean that I should just be pulling everybody around me to be like me um, I think it's important to realize that uh, the people around me are human as well and they're not just numbers or or, or, or robots or whatever you want to call call it but they're 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 assets and and they're helping you be uh, accomplish something that is is bigger than all of yourselves and so one of the big things i look for uh and and, and how i try and lead is is i take a, a backseat approach where i uh, i want to um you know i want to set the vision i want to set the tone and i want to uh, i want to give that to my guys uh, and then encourage them and build them up uh, so that they can go uh, innovate that and uh, in, in whatever their scope or con- uh, context is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a, it, it, it's it really what it comes down to is selfishness. And if you're, if you're a selfless leader, you put the people around you to, uh, in the best position to be successful and encourage them and build them up. It's about them, uh, not about yourself. And so kind of, kind of like the, uh, the, uh, you know, the uh, George Washington versus the, uh, the whitewater rafting model that you've, went over with your uh, guys and you've gone over with me before yeah uh, i mean if you look at the the the, the old picture of, of george washington uh leading the front of the boat he's up in the front and then everybody else is working behind him so he takes on the posture or the position that uh that he's in control and that you should follow him right and i think that that's kind of the model that i, I like to try and steer away from i think there's times for it uh, whenever there's there's a tone that needs to be said or something needs to be held accountable, I think there is times for it. Um, but uh, I guess the model that I, I look forward is if you look at a, a whitewater rafting uh, instructor, they sit in the back of the boat and they put the people in front of them um, in the best, or, or they, they direct the people in front of them by being in the by being on the backside. Um, and and what that shows is a posture of of support. You're just there as a rudder, guiding the boat and giving them direction, giving them the path, but letting them do the work and encouraging them and directing them and and, uh, and giving them the commands from the, from 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 a posture that's uh, of selflessness or mm-hmm. from behind. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, that's one of the models that I've I've kind of it's a visual model, uh, but once again, what it all comes down to, you have these cool models and everything, and 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 be able to visualize it. But what it comes down to is it's it's one is 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 selfishness and one is selflessness and Mm so um you know that's one of the models that i'm still working through and and trying to trying to learn how to do that um because a lot of times if if you're not careful uh your kindness can be mistaken for weakness Mm -hmm. um with this type of model so Mm -hmm. and uh, the thing like we kind of talked about before is being intentional about investing in those around you and you said you know you know, a lot of it's a lot of selflessness. And I think on podcast number one, me and Kitchen had been talking about that kind of the director have to has to be the most selfless person and have the most humility. And that kind of bleeds into the next thing I wanted to talk about is 
you know, we talked about in the summer uh, uh, SWAT analysis. I'd never heard of a SWAT analysis. I honestly, I thought about the movie SWAT with like <laughs> Colin Farrell because <laughs> I loved that movie yep. growing up. So I was yep. like, well, what are we gonna do? We gonna dress up and go pay paintball? Like yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> so can you can you? Uh, I remember sitting in. I think it was maybe a month or so ago when one of your early on staff meetings and it was just a SWAT analysis and the way it was done, I I was blown away, you know, from the fact that no one was over there complaining. It wasn't like people were like, oh, I hate this and this is what you suck at. This is what you suck at. It was a very, uh, how do I say, kind of like sitting by a bonfire and just talking about life. You know, where it wasn't, it was in a business setting, you know, so it wasn't personal. It wasn't uh, attacked. It wasn't like, oh, let me just be lovey-dovey with everyone. It was literally just, hey, let's keep it 100. This is what it is. And kind of, can you uh, expand on what exactly, for people that don't know what SWOT analysis is, what is the SWOT analysis and the importance of the SWOT analysis for your department? Yeah, the uh, the SWOT analysis is uh, you know strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, and really what it uh, what it is is it's the framework to give your guys an opportunity to talk. Um, I think a lot of times, and me being one of them coming up, uh, you know your younger guys, uh, they can feel like they are just in a plug and play role. And so they don't really get the opportunity to cast their vision or or get some of the stuff that's maybe got them frustrated or or a posture that they're not appreciative of or or maybe a a response that they weren't thankful for and what it does is it creates a professional environment to be a friend the framework for them to be able to have a voice and if if you're if your model is to be selfless as a leader then you're listening and you're you're listening to what are what are some of the the strengths that uh my guys feel what are some of the the weaknesses that my guys feel what are some of the opportunities they think there are and what kind of threats do they see and and you know strengths can be anything from what does our department do well uh what do you what do we think that we're doing well uh you know weaknesses or what are we what are we struggling and what things do we need to grow in opportunities or what things can we do to to uh uh, be uh, progressive or, or be intentional about taking uh, strides to achieve, right? And so, uh, and then threats is what things are going to inhibit us from getting to those opportunities and achieving those opportunities. And uh, what it does is it brings all of your staff together on the same page, you know, and, 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 and what ha- and especially on the Olympic side, if, if, you're, if your model is you've got, you know, two or three coaches working with two or three different teams at the same time, well, what can happen if you're not careful is, is, it starts breaking off into individual little departments within one facility. Mm-hmm. And so what this does is it brings it all together and allows everybody to be on the same page, allows everybody to have the same vision. Um, and it, it really takes out the root of, of selfishness and uh, from the leader, it gives your guys opportunity to, to get some of that stuff off of them. Um, I think so many times I've seen is, is people get frustrated. I feel like they can't, they can't do anything. They can't grow. They can't develop. So then they just look for another job, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think if we create a platform where our guys can, can uh, be reminded of, uh, you know, uh, of our standard, be reminded of our expectations, and we all are thinking similarly uh, in, in the same direction, then, then you have a department that's that's a healthy department mm-hmm. and uh, people who aren't becoming individuals in that. And so that's what we use the SWOT analysis for, and, and I've seen it be a great, great tool for evaluation and growth. I, I really like the SWOT analysis, and I like, you know, like I said, it it can easily, easily turn into let's just complain about everything, right? Yep. Like, but the way, the way you do it, 
being selfless and, you know, listening and understanding and kind of all going for that standard, the standard, not, you know, appeasing you. It's the standard. It kind of keeps it honed in, you know. Now, exactly. the next thing you talked about in one of your, uh, one of your, you know, developments with your staff, you talked about the high character, high competency uh, grid, and you went over it in amazing depth. And I think it's a great thing for anyone to hear about it. Can you kind of talk about each part of the high character, high competency grid, what it is, the parts of it, and kind of why it's important, why it is important to have both in our industry, in business, and really in life. Yeah, the, the high character, high competency grid. It gives you a, it, it, what it does. It brings it brings everybody to to a, uh, a set uh, landmark, or uh, brings everybody to where they can understand where they're at, mm-hmm. uh, so that they can make strides of of change or growth. And and one of the things we've used high character and competency th- uh, a grid for is is to really like expose some errors that are going on, but also uh, encourage and build up. And so. You know, you look at high character. Okay, what do we think about character? We think about servant leadership. We think about uh, a work ethic. We think about a blue collar mentality. We think about uh, uh, trustworthy and disciplined, and and all of these character characteristics. And and then we think about competency. Competency is is how well you do your job, right? And so you could have, uh, you know, he's a go getter. He go, go gets things done. Uh, a guy that uh, is is very proficient in, in in getting things done, getting his job done, whatever his tasks are, mm-hmm. right? And so if a guy has uh, high character and high competency, well, then there's going to be a potential for breakthrough. Right. So if they're in the worst situation ever, well, if he's got high character, he's he's a great servant leader and he works hard and has great work ethic and he can do his job well or he's going to have breakthrough in tough situations. Right. Um, that's the top right part of the grid. Bottom right part of the grid is, is you know, you can have high competency, you can have low character. And this type of person has uh, the ability to do unlimited harm. Right, because uh, man, they they can get they can get stuff done. They can they can they can go and they can. But if it's coming from a root of selfishness, then they're doing it all for themselves, not for the department. So they can they can give a perception that uh, that they are an individual, or they can give a perception that if they're they're in it to do it for themselves, then you know they're not going to help the department grow where it needs to go. Um, and so this this person has the potential to be. You know, to do unlimited harm, and, and you gotta uh, encourage that person of, of of what are their values. You know, what is their identity, and what is their where where are their what what things help them uh, to be a great shrinker. And you encourage them, and listen for their character traits, and then try and encourage them in their to to grow in their character, so that you can pair the competency with the character, um, so that they can have unlimited breakthrough and be a great asset for you. Um, someone obviously with. Um, has low competency and low character. All right, they're going to be uh, they're they're going to have um, they're going to have a poor uh, breakthrough. Right, they're not they're never going to be able to do anything for your department. They have low character and not very good person. Right, and they also don't really get anything done. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, you know they they're not really going to bring anything to the table or offer anything to help your department grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also can be negative um, around your staff and bring your staff down as well. Uh, and then, all, and then finally, top left is you know your high character and low competency. So you got someone that's got he's got really good character. He's a great, great person, um, and but they have trouble getting things done. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's where you can come alongside and you can hey 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 buddy, you got you got a, you got good work ethic, right? You 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 you've, you build relationships well, right? You do these things well, but you know you, you're not really 
doing the things that we need to do as a department, uh, the work to make, make those strides to, to get where we want to go. Um, and so, you know, it all comes down to just knowing your guys, knowing, knowing the people on your staff, um, and, and, and being able to shape shift yourself as a leader so that you can give them what they need in that leadership role. And so identifying, okay, do they have low character? Okay, well, let me try and encourage them in their character. Uh, they have low confidence. Okay, let me try and encourage them on how to, how to, how to, uh, you know, can I do something better to communicate effectively so that they know exactly what they're supposed to get done. And so this has been really good just to, to wrap our head around the, uh, you know, the types of guys and the type of staff that we have and, and, uh, and be able to grow people. Mm -hmm. So now you kind of, you kind of touched on it with, uh, you know, looking and seeing where their area, where they're at in that grid. How do you, I guess, specifically use the high character, high competency grid to evaluate members that are on your staff or possibly evaluate people that you're bringing into your staff? Yeah, I mean, I think I kind of touched on that a little bit. I'm just going a little bit deeper. Uh, you know, I, I'll take I'll take one of my staff members, and and what this is is it's it's not necessarily sitting in a formal setting, mm-hmm. right? It's watching them, and it's it's not watching them with the intention of looking for something to call out or mm-hmm. uh, looking for something to 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 be frustrated with them about or, or anything. It's not it's not watching them. It's 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 it's, it's inspection. And mm-hmm. as a leader and as a, of a department, you got to know what's going on with your staff. And and so, you know, it's just watching, watching. How do they are they getting up and going on their own? Are they doing things that they know they're supposed to do on their own? That would be the competency. Right. Mm-hmm. And how are they talking to athletes how are they talking to coaches are they talking to them like a professional are they talking to them like a peer Mm -hmm. you know and so it's 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 kind of uh it's more uh on an informal basis of just watching them throughout the day and and, and evaluating you know and then when you sit down with them in a SWOT analysis or you sit down with them in a staff meeting or you sit down with them one-on-one personally well now you have the opportunity to say hey here's some of the things that I see and remember our vision, remember our expectation, remember our standard, remember the things that we're trying to do. Uh, but, and here are some of the things that I see could be a threat to that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and up to this point, I've spent hundreds of hours with them so they know that it's not a personal attack at them, right? Because I'm taking the time to give them access to my life and, and pour into them and build them up. So whenever I do talk with them, it's not anything ever personal. And mm-hmm. so whenever they leave the room, they leave encouraged mm-hmm. and they leave thinking, okay, well, maybe I need to evaluate some things, uh, not necessarily leaving the room going, well, you know, screw this guy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. You yeah. don't want them to leave the room thinking like that. Why? Yeah. Because they're assets. And if you don't have them, then your department can't grow. Mm-hmm. And so I need to see him as an asset, not as just a, a number mm-hmm. or, a, or, or just a, a role player. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm real big on not plug, not having my guys just plug and play jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, now certain st- extents they're, they, they do got to just, you know, wake up and plug and play a few things. Right. But I want to model for them so that they can imitate so that they can then go innovate for whatever their scope is. So now, like you said, you were, you don't want your guys just doing plug, like just being plug and play guys. What, what exactly is that, and what's kind of the harm in that? Yeah, and we, which you've talked about, but can you specifically kind of yeah. touch on this? Because we talk about this all the yeah. time, and I kind of want our listeners to hear this. Yeah. 
Yeah, the plug-and-play model doesn't develop leaders. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It develops people who can get really, really good at doing what other people want them to do. Mm-hmm. And then they get to a role where they are now the overseer of a department, and they have no idea how to innovate or entrepreneur or anything. Mm-hmm. And so you get guys who come in, and, uh, and, and, and you give them responsibilities. Hey, you need to go set this up, or hey, you need to make sure you oversee this, this nutrition, or hey, you need to, you need to do this or this, right? And then that's, that's, you give them the expectation, give them the, what they're, what they're required to do, and then that's it, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and so that's the plug and play model. You just come in, you just do a job, you go home. You come in, you do a job, you go home, right? And, and what we got to be thinking is long term growth for the people that are on our staffs. Mm-hmm. Because if we have their long-term success uh, in mind, then we're going to do everything that we can to put them in a position to be successful whenever they get to that point where they oversee and have to innovate and they have to entrepreneur their department. And uh, and so, you know, a perfect perfect example would be just, uh, hey, you gotta you gotta oversee the nutrition. They come in. These are what you get. This is what you got to do. But I want you to do it the way I want you to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to do it the way. It's, it's kind of like, hey, I'm gonna invite you into my house, but don't touch my furniture. You know what I mean? <laughs> you better so stand like, up. Yeah, don't you stand. better don't touch the furniture. But you can come in my house, but <laughs> yeah. don't touch the furniture. So you're putting restrictions on the thing that you're giving them to entrepreneur or 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 develop on their own. And I want them to make it their own. Mm-hmm. Right now. I'm there to inspect it. So if I don't think that's a good idea, well, I'm going to try and pick their pick their brain on why, what's their thought process behind the changes that they're making or, or the things that they would want to do. But ultimately, I want it to be about, hey, here's an idea I have for you. Uh, you can take it for what it is, uh, but I want you to be, I want you to give, you have control over this and it's your responsibility. And if it, and I want you to work through the issues that you may have from it. Because ultimately, that's going to help you start thinking to be a great leader. And so, our our mission is is to 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 multiple leaders multiplying leaders mm-hmm. uh, for the Olympic Department uh, at Georgia Southern. So we want to great create leaders, great great leaders. That's mm-hmm. what we're looking for. Who multiply themselves into the lives of other people whenever they get their opportunity and uh, to lead a department. And uh, and they can do that now. Mm-hmm. You know, they can do it as assistants now. They can they can lead. Uh, the other people on staff, they can lead their athletes. They can lead uh, their, their 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 personal life, people in their personal life too. And uh, and so always having that vision of of other people, right? And it come, it, once again, the root comes down to selflessness. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're selfless, you're thinking about other people's success, and you'll do whatever it takes to make sure that other people are successful. And that's really what it, what it all comes down to. And plug and play to me is not a not a way of growing leaders. It's a way of just getting what using using people as as workers and so that I can get what I want out of this. And, and, and so I try to fight that. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that. And I like, you know, we, I think it's like every Monday we spend a few hours, you know, chatting on different kind of leadership and spiritual things. And I, I, you know, just a big thing with having you on the show, like, you know, like I said, it's a unique, you have a unique, it's not, it's rooted in a not foreign thing, you know, but it's yeah. unique for a lot of people in this industry. So I, I love when you get to share these kind of things. So, you know, going off script a little bit on some things, yeah, yeah, no doubt. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, to kind of wrap up, you know, with the plug and play, like I, I think far too often, you know, you see that it's come in, be like me, walk like me, talk like me, do what I do. Yep. Uh, uh, and the th- only thing I'm going to give back to you is hopefully you can get a job off of our success yeah. or hopefully you can get get a job off of this logo yeah. or hopefully you can get a job off of that. But like you said, now when they get the job, well, 
how successful they're going to be in that position yep. when you didn't invest the time to give them something deeper. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's it's intentional. Mm-hmm. It's an intentional effort. And, uh, you know, if you lose lose vision and it becomes about your agenda and, and, and your plan and your future, then you forget about them. And so then they just get pushed behind are pushed to the side and then they don't grow mm-hmm. and so then we look at ourselves well why don't why don't why do we have so much turnover mm-hmm. you know why do we it's because we need more we need more leaders multiplying leaders who are being intentional and mm-hmm. uh and i think that's an important thing to at least consider mm-hmm. yeah it's it's very good i i kind of you know in that group text we're in with with those guys you know i i think burnett said uh they just kind of gave how they did their internships or whatever, and and that really struck a chord with me with uh, Coach Burnett, where he was talking exactly what you're talking about, you know, kind of intentionally help them get to where they want to be, not where they're at. And I I really like that, and I like the stuff you're saying with the plug and play, like it's yeah. it needs to be said, it needs to be heard. But uh, so talking about you know standard and. I, another thing where I kind of have the jump on our listeners because I know about the yeah. <laughs> when our <laughs> talks. So <laughs> you've you've you set you set a standard, and you always say like you know you're open to adapting because you set it at a certain time before any of the people that you work with got there. But kind of how have you developed the standard? And then will you talk about how everyone works towards the standard and not your standard as far as you know. You don't have like a bunch of mini me's that are cleaning and doing this and doing that just to appease you, so they can plug and play for the day and go home. Yeah, I think uh, first, first and foremost, it's kind of like what's it's kind of like doing a needs analysis. Mm-hmm. You know, like what are our needs? Uh, if you just go and take some cookie cutter standard that your previous, you know, employer had and try to implement that into your context or to your culture or to your situation that you're in, you're going to run into a lot of issues because every coach is different. Every administration is different. And so I think the important thing to consider is, okay, what are our needs? What things do we need to uh, ensure that is communicated effectively um, amongst my staff, amongst my athletes, amongst the administration, amongst the coaches? Uh, so uh, one of the things I am finding is that I can't just put a bunch of things on paper and, and it's all, everything's just going to shift and change. And that's, that's in my youth. As, uh, you know, that's, that's in my youth, uh, in my, my, you know, I, I'm still learning. I, yeah. I got, I got so much to learn and, and uh, I love the process of it, but, um, you know, it's, it, it can be frustrating at times. You know, you got this perfect plan, you got the perfect program, you got this perfect everything, you put it on paper and you cast it to all your staff and they're all bought in and then you get pushed back. And so, you know, I'm working through that now of, of, uh, of, of trying to just identify what are the, what are the main things, you know, that we need to address. Is it, is it, uh, is it consistency across the board for, you know, our, our vision? Is it consistency across the board for our discipline? Is it consistency across the board for our programming? You know, what is, what are, what are we looking for? And I think the big thing that I looked for when I first came into this, uh, into this job at Georgia Southern has been, how do I get consistency that, uh, you know, every team that walks into our facility uh, feels like they're the most important team. And uh, if, if we can give them that perception and that reality, um, then we're going to have a lot of people pulling for us to move in a direction of growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what it is, I came in, I, I set, set a, a standard for, you know, our staff. Um, of course, you know, most, most people, there's a lot of things that people already know before you know, it's on paper, you know. Uh, but uh, I came in, set a standard for our staff, set a standard for, for our athletes and what the expectation is and, and, and really trying to turn into, for this fiscal year's uh, department, you know, looking to, to, to become a department. And, mm-hmm. 
and 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 try to really fight that um, that that model of of we're a bunch of uh, just kind of individual coaches that yeah we're a part of a department but we're we're really spending way more time with just our teams rather than amongst the staff mm-hmm. and uh, and so it's a it's supposed to, it's it's good rhythm of uh, trying to find a good rhythm between how much we give to our teams and how much we give of ourselves but also remembering that we're a part of something um, bigger than just coaching and that we're trying to create leaders and we're trying to create a department we're trying to be perceived by everybody at Georgia Southern that we are a department and that we're, 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 we're working towards that and I think there's no better way than to have a consistent standard and um, I think one of the things that I use as another visual is, is a thermostat right and a thermostat you know is it was, it was set the air conditioning at 70 degrees well if we get up to about 80 82 on our on, on how far we're getting away from the standard or the, the the landmark or the expectation well then we need to be brought back down by the by by our standard that we're trying to create mm-hmm. um it kind of gives us a a landmark it gives mm-hmm. us a a, a a way to get back to to where we need to be set up and so i think that's kind of what the standard standard has as created for us as we continue to try and work through that um go ahead go ahead coach um I was a back half of your question there. It said, uh, how do you make it about yourself? Or not how about do you your, not make it about yourself? How, how do you not yeah. make it about yourself? Uh, so the standard, right, it's very, very – you gotta, you got to make sure that you, you communicate it effectively. And if you communicate it effectively, the way that you do that is got, it's not about – this isn't about what I want you guys to do. This is the tools that we have to have or the, the expectations that we have to have in order to reach the main vision or the main thing that we're trying to achieve. And so if we're trying to move away from a work for individual to individual in these individual departments to becoming one holistic department, well, these are the things that give us the uh, these are the tools as we try and climb you know, to, 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 to achieve our goals or to achieve the, the, the vision that we have. Um, and so if you continuously remind them of that, that it's not personal and that you spend time giving guys access into your life, then they don't see it as, well, I just got to do what, you know, my boss tells me because that's, if I don't, then I'm going to get fired. That it, it moves away from that thought process to, no, this is important because I play a role here and, I'm a, he, and my boss sees me as an asset here. So this is important for me to hold it. It becomes, a, it becomes in a, per, at a personal level for mm-hmm. him that, okay, we don't want earrings in the weight room. Well, why not? Well, Okay, well, he doesn't want it. Well, I know that he cares, and I know that he has my best interest, and I know that he spent time giving me access into his life. Mm-hmm. And so I want to hold a, an athlete uh, accountable for not having his earrings in because it's important that, that I play my role or play my part in reaching our goal or our vision. And so I think if you can communicate that effectively and keep emotions out of it, then it becomes it, it moves from I'm doing this for him versus – uh, I'm doing this because I play a role and I, I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. So now is that kind of, and I, I was thinking about this question being a, a younger director, right? You're, are you 26 yet? No, I'm 25 years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When's your birthday? April 8th. April 8th. On April 8th, we're going to have to get some chicken wings. Yeah. Out. Some chicken wings. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, you, you talked about kind of empowering the guys underneath you so that they do it because they feel like an asset and like, you know, they, they see that it's important for from you. You know what I mean? They see it's important. So they want to do it because, Hey, this is what's important and blah, blah, blah. But as a younger director, 
is that how you've been able to come in and successfully empower your guys without having the the pushback or the the you know coming in there with your head on fire and then everything else around you burns down like how do you do that as a young guy and you know successfully yeah it's it's having a plan always having a plan and always thinking forward thinking mm-hmm. and so every single meeting or every single day every single thing that I'm doing there's always a plan for it and so um you know and there, there's not just one plan there's there's three to four plans <laughs> plan one plan a and b you know catch on fire you got c and d still yeah right so it's always having a plan and so uh my my whenever i go into meetings or whenever i go into talking with my staff or or when i go into the day I, I i try and do the best i can to make sure that they're all on the same page and i give them opportunities to to uh to speak and and communicate and and, and have a platform and what what that does is it creates ownership and those guys, you know, really start trying to buy in. And I think if you can take emotions out of things. So if an, if a if a guy's kind of disrespectful, well, I don't allow my emotion to get involved in that and and show my true colors, you mm-hmm. know. And and it's just having it's having the the greater vision, right, or greater purpose of of why you're there. And and uh, and and ultimately, I want the guys and I, and I want the, my staff to to be successful. And so if I know that if if my if my arrogance or if my ego gets involved is going to inhibit them from growth well then i'm going to have humility in that and keep my mouth shut until a time that is the right time to do that the last thing i ever want to do is expose one of my coaches in front of all of his athletes mm-hmm. you know what's that going to do mm-hmm. you know it might make me feel good when i go in my office but and and think about it but you know it's not what our plan is it's not our vision and and that's what our our standard you know kind of gives us a backbone for an identity for uh, but yeah, that's that's exactly how I've been able to to come in at, at 25 years old. I got people on my staff that are older than me, mm-hmm. um, and it's just it's putting them before myself and and uh, remembering that every day and being consistent in that. Because if you come in one day like an arrogant, you know, arrogant dude, and then the next day you're this, you know, humble, you know, <laughs> put everybody in front of yeah. you, you know, type mentality, then you start confusing your your staff. And uh, they're real quick to start trying to find other opportunities. Yeah. Inconsistency kind of, like you said, just confuses everyone. You don't know, you know, hey, like I said this yesterday and he freaked out. But then today I said the same thing and he pat me on the back. So I, what, yep. what do I say or how do I walk? What do I do? What yep. can I do? What can I not do? Yep. I don't know. Yeah. And I, and I haven't been, and I don't think anybody has been, but I know I haven't been perfect with that. Cause when mm-hmm. some days I do come in, my piss is hot and I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to, you know, bring it, you know, yeah. and, and Hey, we got to get stuff. We got to get this going. We got to mm-hmm. get this fixed, you know? And then, you know, another day I'll come in, all right, you know, so I, I gotta be, I gotta find the, the, the happy medium or, or the nice rhythm of how to, how to uh, you know be open to listening, and and but also having a, a backbone to to get things done. I think that's a that's an art to find that. And, you know, you talk about strength and conditioning being art and science. That's the art of it right there. Mm-hmm. You can't be too cold. You can't be too hot. You know you got to find a rhythm of 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 how to integrate the both mm-hmm. together. Now the last thing I, I have for you is uh, you know I'd like to to precurse all of this by uh, kind of giving the uh the background story to it right we you're a man of you're a man of strong faith and uh i think you know what my question is going to be but i'd like to give the background behind it by telling the story of you and me yep so uh you helped me you know come to christ just recently i actually teared up in your office i don't know if you yeah. saw that and <laughs> probably one of the, probably one of the be- be- better days i've ever had so. <laughs> but 
uh, you know, but before all that, you know, you, you showed extreme patience. And it, it, you told, when I asked you, you know, for months, you've been waiting to have these conversations with me. And over the, the course of however many months it was before season started, we, we started having these conversations and more and more deeper conversations about spirituality. And then eventually you showed me, helped me see the way, you know what I mean? And uh, that's probably like the worst way to put it, but, you know, that's... <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds Bye, like fine. sounds like uh, uh, Star Wars right yeah, there. But <laughs> use a force. <laughs> Obi Wan. Yeah. But uh, how with with your strong faith? How have you used that? And how have you walked in faith? And how has that helped you with? How have you used that to help you with coaching? And with your your model, everything. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think if you look at you look at uh, you look at Jesus's model, and well, not even his model. You look what he's what he's done for us, and uh, you know I've made a lot of mistakes, right? And and uh, and and I've I've made I've made some really really bad mistakes. I've I've, I've said some things that I wish I would have never said. I've done some things I wish I've, I've never done, right? And and whenever I realized and the Lord revealed to me that uh, that He went to the cross for that. That's why He went to the cross was for guilty sinners to. Uh, to, to, to have a relationship with him and he endured the cross and he he, he, he took the, the the torture and the beating for uh for, for for people who don't want anything to do with him and I realized that he he, he came off of his throne as and and it took on the form of, of a servant and took on a form of of, of, of humility. Um, that became very attractive and it changed my life. It changed the desires of my heart and uh and it, it is and honestly everything that we've said for the last hour is has everything the root of it is my faith mm. and uh and and so I, I had a heart change in about I was about 19 years old where I had thought my whole life that everything was about duty and that I had to follow a bunch of rules because uh, you know uh that it was the standard I guess right but I didn't realize that um that that having a relationship with the Lord is is it's out of delight you know like I I, I love the Lord because of what he's done for me Right, and it sounds very similar to my model, right? It's mm-hmm. If I if I everything that I do is uh, teach my guys how to, you got to just do this out of duty. Like I'm telling you to do it. You got these rules, and and you know the expectation. You should do it. Well, guys aren't going to respond to that. Mm-hmm. Um, just like I I had struggle I had struggle understanding my relationship with the Lord before I came, or before I came to a relationship with the Lord, understanding faith and understanding spirituality, and understanding who who Jesus was because I thought everything was duty. Mm-hmm. And uh, whenever I realized that, man, I I'm when I'm a guilty sinner and I've I've made the mistakes, but, but man, my God went to the cross for me, uh, and and I don't deserve it. That created a, a, a heart change. It can't, it created a desire in my heart to want to now have a joyful obedience that I want to obey because, man, I'm thankful. And uh, that's that is that uh, there's no other thing. There's no help self help book. There's no there's no podcast. There's no there's nothing out there that has modeled that better than than the life of Christ and and. Um, and so, uh, the way that he was able to to have humility and be a servant, uh, but also have a vision and have an eternal perspective, and I think that that's important for us to, or for for for, for me to remember is, is 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 if you don't have an eternal perspective, then it makes these really really tough in the moment uh, situations um, 
very difficult. And uh, But if you have an eternal perspective of, of, man, I'm doing this to impact people. Man, I'm doing this to the people on my staff or people in my life or somehow impacted by the gospel, then you keep that in, in, your, in the forefront of your mind and in your focus, then uh, you'll see that people's lives start to be changed um, because they, they, they're, they're being impacted. And it's not me. It's Christ living in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... You know, I, I, I saw that with you firsthand. You know, I saw that with you firsthand. As back in January, you were a rabid dog. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, you were, you're, you're, and it talks about Ecclesiastes. It talks about chasing after the wind, mm-hmm. right? And so it's, you're trying to chase after this job title, or you're trying to chase after this new opportunity, or you're trying to chase after, you know, this wealth or this, this position. And, and what it does, it's like chasing after the wind. You can feel it, but you can't catch it. Mm-hmm. It's right there, but you can't grasp it. And uh, man, I just, Lord, like keep keep this eternal perspective uh, in mind that that you have Don here for a specific purpose. You, you you've appointed Don to be here, and you've appointed me to get back into strength and conditioning. It's not by coincidence. So would you just give me the opportunity to impact him? And if that takes ten months, if that takes two years, I ask that that my life, uh, you living within me, to live that out in front of him will somehow impact him, um, either now or down the road. And and uh, man, it's been so cool to see how the Lord's faithful. And uh, he, uh, he he opened opened your eyes, opened your heart to to, to receive him in, in, in the office at, at Ironworks, man. So uh, it's been and, – and honestly, that's why I do this. Yeah. Um, it, it's for those moments right there. All of the frustration that could come or all of the good things that can come, you know, wins and losses and championships, you know, at the end of the day, you know, strength and conditioning is the tool or the platform that I use to to to, to be utilized for for uh, impacting people for the gospel. And so, you know, I'm very fortunate for you, and uh, very fortunate for everything that that you've done for me. And uh, it's been so cool to see your growth, and and uh, I'm so encouraged by it. So. Well, I appreciate you, Coach. I appreciate you coming on Men of Strength Men Sports of strength. Performance there Podcast. We go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, man, I I. I, in all seriousness, I, I do really appreciate you. I appreciate everything that you've, you've helped show me and help me see that was already there. You know, I just had to open my eyes to it. And, you know, with the – the uh, probably by the time this comes out, it'll be maybe a month, two months since the, the Flaws in Leadership – Follow the Leader article came out. But, uh, you know, that was all just kind of put into light, the model that – you represent you've told me and everything you've shared today and that you share with our listeners it's it's uh it's it's an eye-opening thing and i think that when more people sit back and reflect and they think about okay kind of like what you showed me okay yeah i i'm saying i'm doing this i'm saying i'm doing that and it sounds good but at the the soil is being watered with what? Like, what are the roots? If the roots are, are corrupt, the tree's going to be messed up, the fruit will be bare. Yeah. So, it, you know, I, I think that the really good thing about this podcast especially is hopefully it opens up a few eyes and gets people to think, you yeah. know? Yeah, I just – I think when, you, when you're coming off of your, your comment about the, uh, the tree's roots and, and fruit, and uh, I think it's important to, to, to understand that we we – convince ourselves that we can do it mm-hmm. and that if I just read this much more if I watch this many more podcasts or I get this much more experience that I'm going to be able to accomplish everything I want to do that to some to some extent that's true right but the process of the amount of time amount of hours of trying to do all of that it, it, it can be very exhausting 
right? And there, there's other opportunity. There's another way out there than just to, trying to take it all on your own and trying to clean yourself up and you trying to do it and you trying to do it. And, 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 and once again, that comes back to, 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 to my faith and, and to, to what Christ has done for us that, you know, it's, it's not about our works. It's not about the things that we, we, we do, right? It's about him and his glory. And, uh, and so I think, you know, if, if you're watering, you can even have great roots, you know, but if it's coming from a, a posture of selfishness, right, you're on the throne of your life. Mm-hmm. And, and we talked about that a little bit, but if you're on the throne of your life and you're in control and you're going to do this and it's all about you and you're still going to bear bad fruit because it's coming from a heart of selfishness. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of one of those things to take a step back and why am I doing what am I doing? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Do I have a perspective? Do I have a vision of uh, am I am I reading all this and studying all this for myself to be able to defend, or is it to truly help people, mm-hmm. or is it truly to impact people? And I think if we lose sight of that, then we're gonna just be end up really frustrated and uh, really exhausted by the end of it. So, I appreciate you, Coach Wardey. You. You're the man. You're the man. The Dudley boys <laughs> live just, again. <laughs> the, Dudley, the Dudley boys are back. So. Hey, catch us at the next uh, Statesboro Wrestling yeah, match. Statesboro Wrestling <laughs> Yeah. Got our tights on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. Coach Ward, thanks very much for coming on the show. Let's uh, let's cut out and get some chicken wings. There we go, man. <laughs> All right, guys, that was Coach Jeff Ward joining us on the show. You know, great guy, and he's, he's really helped me become a great leader I, I can't say a better leader because i don't believe i was a good leader he be, helped me become a great leader and it's it's a great episode for all those out there to listen to whether or not you know you you feel the same way as far as your your where your relationship is at or anything like that it's still you can take the principles you can take the the teachings and use them in your life to help out and help better those around you so Please give it a listen to, listen to it all the way through and listen to it, digest it, hear it, and hear what the message is behind everything. Again, what we're trying to do here isn't, isn't uh, you know, glorify ourselves or make this about, uh, uh, you know, we know this or I know these people or anything like that. It's to, to help make our industry, our job sites, and our world better. So... We're going to keep on keeping on. Ride the boat with us, man. All right. Thanks, guys.